Welcome to the Life and Rhythm Podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God, with one another, for the good of others, in the valley as it is in heaven. Welcome to season three. Season three of the podcast. This We're doing great. it. We're still alive. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's last time I checked. <laughs> still alive. Still doing I mean, it. Definition wise, yes, blood is flowing through my veins. Blood is happening. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited about this season. There is going to be some changes. So instead of episodes releasing every week, they will be releasing every other week. Just to build up the anticipation. Right. People right. are just like, man, <laughs> come on. Could you imagine if, you know, shows were every other week or yeah. Netflix series? They're like, you know what? We're not going to release the whole season. I feel okay you with binge, it. You can't binge it. You know, because, the, you know, the like <laughs> my favorite podcast this last year was the rise and fall of Marcel. And they eventually they had to go to every other week. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So I feel okay it's, with it. It's going to be that good. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> There's going to be it's that gonna be, much. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be. Yeah. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Hold it's on gonna to your be hats. Good. It's going to be really good. We're going to okay. unveil a lot of things. All right. So this season is about the church. And this last, uh, this last season, we talked about gospel clarity. Mm-hmm. And that was a part of the disciple making pathway that you and I curated together. And that's being edited right now. That's right. In its second version. And yeah. so that, uh, tell us about that. Tell us about the flow of that. All right. So where we're going. Oh, man. I know. Um, a whole episode on this. But, I, you know, essentially we have been in the disciple making paradigm shift for a year now, mm-hmm. living into that. And we're realizing, um, along with you as a listener, you probably realize this too, is it's hard. You know, being a disciple that makes disciples is very difficult. It turns out. It's almost like Jesus meant what he said when he was like, if yeah, you're going to follow you know, me. It does bring a whole, I think there's going to be I a cost. I used to read that. I'm like, Oh, it's cute. Yeah. And then, you know, and then anyway, so <laughs> there's a lot we can say about that, but yeah. the pathway itself is, is going through exactly what you just said. So first and foremost, gospel clarity. Yep. Um, what's really cool about that before even getting into living as a disciple, I think when we first wrote it and really a lot of the, the, um, content that we had discovered really goes right into the action steps of being, you know, and what we say, obedience based discipleship, which yeah. is great. And we want to, we want to land there mm-hmm. uh, because faith it with action. Right. Yeah. But for us in in the Western Church, we really have to declutter or um, kind of purge out a lot of different paradigms that we've built because it's not just the simple gospel; it's the gospel plus a lot of things that we've ca- kind of carried around with us yeah. over the years. And so, I I say that just to say we really landed with this these three parts within the whole pathway. It's six weeks. Um, but part one is three weeks and that's really focused on our identity. Mm-hmm. So our identity rooted in uh, the gospel, with, rooted in the gospel, you know, yeah. uh, embedded and foundational in the kingdom. Yeah. 
Um, and then from that, my identity as a disciple maker, not what I do, but who I am as a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Christ. And then, uh, what we're going to be talking about this season is who I am as a church. And that's more of an identity than a, than a, than an action. Right. And so, um, so we, we spent a lot of time there, you know, obviously half of the pathway is on identity Yeah, because if we don't get that right, Everything uh, else is wonky. It, it really is, and it and it's frustrating, and it's too heavy to bear. Right. Um, but as soon as we get that identity right, um, you know yeah. that that freedom is expressed in the gospel, who yeah. we are, and then it's just a natural maturation of the the life I get to live with Christ and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, and then those next two weeks go into planting the gospel. So week four or five planting the gospel. So more action, mm-hmm. more habits, more practices that we get to take on and explore together. And then the last one is the reward. And the reward is, uh, every tribe, tongue and nation coming to know who Christ is. So every people in place, yes, um, life entering into the kingdom yeah. of God today, eternal not, life, not and more life. later. Yes. <laughs> not someday, not hopefully That's not, good. you know, Sending up on a prayer, hoping, you know, one day I get to be there. Um, but we get to live that today and that's our reward. Yeah, that's good, man. So, um, one of the questions we get asked a lot, Adam and I is, uh, or honestly, one of the questions we ask each other a lot is what is the essence of the church? Like, what is it? What does God intend it to be? And what does he intend it for? So it's not just church for the sake of ourselves, but it's church for the sake of others. And when I think about that, um, I think about what the spiritual formation Bible or what's now called the with God life Bible. Um, but they have a quote in their introduction to that Bible. And it says, this says the aim of God in history is the creation of an all inclusive community of loving persons with God himself at the very center of this community as its prime sustainer and most glorious Inhabitants. So can I just break that down for a second and say the aim of God in history is a pretty bold statement. Mm. And then to follow that up with the creation of an all-inclusive community, starting with Abraham and Israel being fulfilled in Jesus as the new Israel, and then us being grafted in, those of us who are not Jewish, <laughs> the rest of the world, and we're being yeah. grafted into this community of loving persons with God himself at the very center of this community who is sustaining it. He's the most prime sustainer and he's the most glorious inhabitant. And I'm thinking about the beginning of the story in the garden of Eden. And I'm thinking about the city at the end of the story where there is not even a need for a son because his glory is so bright. Mm. And so I would love to hear your thoughts, Adam, on what images, metaphors, stories come to mind when I ask you, man, what is the church and what's it for? Well, it's um, even in this process, it's changed quite a bit this year. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I think there's a, a constant and consistent repentance of, uh, you know, changing, changing a mindset and, and then belief, um, putting my trust in the one that can only uh, actually follow through and yeah. that is Jesus. Yeah. And so I keep coming back to a, a people and a purpose. Um, you know, the imagery that of a body of, again, like we were talking about earlier with the pathway that it's more of an identity um, than an action. Yeah. 
And my repentance of this last year is, unfortunately, um, you know, we were, we, I say I was very focused on the, what are we producing aspect of the church? Um, and, and in good intentions of we're, we're trying to make disciples who make disciples, right? That's the, that's the intention. That's the, the purpose is to see people, you know, our language that we've kind of adopted from go is go ministries is, you know, people being redeemed, Mm -hmm. communities being renewed and creation being restored. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in order to do that, we can't continue just to add people to seats, you know, and just consume yeah. as Christians, but we want to, we want to make disciples. And so, but again, as we walk through the pathway, if we don't, if we don't identify it as a person, um, or I, our identity is not rooted in the gospel and as a follower of Christ and as the church, um, it's, it's just not going to go anywhere, uh, fast. Uh-uh. And so, yeah, the, the people on a purpose, I, I like, um, I really love this verse out of first Peter two, nine it says, but you are a chosen people, a Royal priesthood, a whole holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And when I think about the identity of a church, I think about that verse of Here's who you are. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, which has all this connotation of authority. Um, it's not our authority, but you know, Jesus says, all authority is given to me. I give it to you. There's power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Acts 1. Um, and so there's just this, this authority that, this recognition of the authority and the responsibility that's beheld, mm-hmm. right, with Jesus empowered by the Holy spirit that we are the church. And that's what we, that's the light that we get to show. I love that image, dude. All those, all those, uh, they're not just metaphors. I mean, they really, I think that the apostle Peter is trying to get at, no, this is who you really are together. You're a priesthood. There used to be a tribe in Israel that were priests that were go betweens between the people of Israel and God. And now you as a church, that's who you are. You're Mm. the stand between. People are going to know who God is based on your, based on your knowledge of him. And I don't mean just knowledge about him. I mean, your loving participation in the presence of God, you being a signpost here where people can look at as like, oh, that way to the kingdom. I saw an N.T. Wright quote recently that said, like the Israelites sent spies into the land and brought back fruit, telling them this is what the land's going to look like. That is our job as spies to go into the kingdom of heaven get the treasures from it, come back into the world, live it contextually where we are and show people this is what's waiting for us. And that hope is what comes and springs up all that faith and love and endurance that is needed for everyday Bro, life. And people, um, I don't know how long we're going to go today, but I'm, I'm feeling probably little, two hours. Feel, yeah. Two hours. So buckle up. But <laughs> People, I, here's the deal. People that I'm discipling right now are asking this question. Non-believers and believers alike are asking the question about purpose, mm-hmm. and it's really filtered through who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's not. A, we don't jump into doing the. You know, the. I know that's characterizes our culture, and I get it. Like the hero of the story and all those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is really predicated on what we do. Uh, that we save the girl, that we, you know, win the day, that we kick the last, you know, the game winning field goal, or we, 
you know, beat the buzzer, whatever it is, right? And all those movies, you know, the climax of the movie, the the, the hero wins the day. Mm. But really, it's rooted with the this I this this void of who am I? Yeah. Um, and honestly, we can see ourselves doing those things, but we can't see ourselves being who is characterized in that story. Yeah. And, and so, uh, so often there's just this chasm between what we do and who we are. Um, and so I'm hearing that a lot with, with people of like, I had a, I had a guy at at my dinner table just with tears in his eyes. I mean, he's 50 years old and he just looked at me. He's like, I don't know my purpose. I don't know. Mm. And, we had a beautiful conversation about the gospel and shaping it around identity first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you're making me think of, uh, David Benner's book, the gift of being yourself, which is one of my all time favorite books about discovering purpose. And he walks through the first couple chapters on the story of the apostle Peter, who at first didn't know who he was and didn't know his purpose. And then it it gives different segments. The book actually points to different points along the way where Jesus is being very patient with Peter as he discovers who he is and and what he's about. So, you know, it walks to the story where he's walking on water and Peter kind of gets it at that moment. He's like, I can participate in this kind of life with Hmm. Jesus. And then he starts to sink and Jesus says, man, why? Why did you take your eyes off me? You don't... you're not going to get it if you keep, if you take your eyes off me or the time where, where Peter says, can we, um, we would love to be first in the kingdom. Like, can we have a seat at the table in the kingdom? He just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand his identity as a servant because Jesus is, is came to serve and not to be served. Mm-hmm. And he, so he doesn't understand his identity in that moment. And he doesn't even understand his purpose. Like he thinks Jesus is going to conquer Rome and take it by force and really Jesus is saying, no, you're going to walk in the way of the cross and 11 of 12 of you are going to be murdered. And one of you is actually going to commit suicide. And so this, like, this is yeah. going to be a hard, good road. And I don't, I don't know if we spell that out enough for people who belong to the church. And it started with such a bang, like in Acts 2 and, and, P- and Peter, when he gets up and he says, like, you know, all Israel know this, there's no longer room for doubt. God made him master and Messiah, this Jesus whom you killed on a cross. Like that should make us pause of God, not Satan killed him on a cross. No, God ordained the suffering of his son. And he, and it says it cut to the quick, those who were listening and they said, what should we do about this? And this, when I think about the church, this is what I think about. Peter says, change your life or repent, turn to God, be baptized, each of you in the name of Jesus so your sins can be forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is targeted to you and your children, but also to all who are far away, whomever, in fact, our master God invites. He went on this vein for a long time. I wonder how long Peter preached. I have no idea. Urging them over and over again, get out while you can, get out of this sick and stupid culture. And that day, about 3,000 of them took him at his word. They were baptized. They signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, life together, the common meal, and the prayers. And everybody else was in awe because of the signs and wonders they did. Mm -hmm. They lived wonderfully in harmony holding everything in common. They sold everything they had, some of what they had and owned and pooled their resources together so that people's needs were met. 
they followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant, joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added to those who were being saved. Hmm. There's so much in there. I'm drawn to the exuberant and joyful meals myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What, um, I mean, we talk about this within rhythm that there are different elements within acts two that we want to be present, whether we're together in a large way or together in a small way Mm. that no matter how we're being expressed locally, or even if we're going on trips globally, there are things, pieces of who we are elements that are marks of health. And there's a, and I know people disagree on what's in there, but surely we can agree that the gospel is one of those markers of health that we understand that Jesus didn't just die, but resurrected and is seated on the throne and he sent his spirit. Like it seems like the apostle Paul is very clear throughout the rest of the new Testament, death, resurrection, sending of the spirit, death, resurrection, sending of the spirit. And then the response of that, of like, yeah, there's a repentance. There's a part that you play. You got to change that. God's not going to change it for you. He's going to invite you to change your life, to change your mind about things. You have, you have a response that's called for. You have a response ability. You are able to yeah. respond to this. One of your first steps should be baptism. Yeah. It shouldn't be a later step. It should be an all-in commitment from the beginning. Yeah. You're not testing the waters with this. You're saying, no, I'm committed to this to death. Till death do us part, actually, till death do us unite. (laughs) I mean, and then, you know, it says teaching and caring for one another, Lord's Supper. And there's clearly a multiplication aspect to all this. So what, I mean, Adam, what in this season, 2022, what aspect do you want to emphasize within the church that you get to do life with on a day-to-day basis? The people that not just meet at your house, every week, but the people you see at the CrossFit gym and the people that you're hanging out with, what of those like captivates you? What convicts you? What are you, what are you saying? That's like, man, we probably should, Mm -hmm. we should repent of this. We should Mm -hmm. focus on this. Well, I mean, I think, um, I think you hit it on the head. What I was going to talk about, um, in that is, is, is clearly expressing the gospel in my life in a way that, uh, I I love the 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 imagery that NT Wright shared of just like yeah it's like it's hey great... <laughs> I mean it's it's the foretaste right it's a yeah. signpost it's you know yeah. all those all those things that we talk about of like yeah. this is the kingdom right and this is this is the good news this like yeah. it is here it, I was reading uh, Dallas Willard's book oh shoot I just hit the mic <laughs> sorry guys um, divine conspiracy this morning and um. You know, it's like if you were if you're going to someone's house and, you know, they're taking you around, uh, you know, and and you go down a long hallway and and they say, you know, here, like, here is the dining room. It wouldn't be like, well, man, I hope the dining room shows up one day. It's like, (laughs) this is it. It's it. Like, this is it. And so, you know, and and it's a gut check because am I living my life in a way that's expressing that, right? Mm. The signpost of the kingdom, like. Yeah. Holy cow, it's what I've always wanted yeah. and desired. That that truly does, you know, uh what's the McGuire movie? Complete me. You complete <laughs> me. That's what I'm thinking of. But it does complete yeah. me. Like this this is yeah. innate in who we are as humans. And yes. you are you are living this out that of something that I desire. And unfortunately, 
man, I wish I could say I, I do that every day. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm an anxious mess at times. I'm a selfish prick at times. You know, I, and everything in between, right? Um, I have these human desires that well up and I'm like, oh, I really want to do that. Yeah. And, and so my hope is that in this season that is clearly expressed. Right. Yeah. And not just by my actions. I also have to use my words. Yeah. Yeah. There's an Irish, an old Celtic, like Irish term called thin places. Yeah. This idea that heaven and earth, that there's a thin veil where you can almost peer through it. And we experience that um, sometimes. I feel like a lot of times the curtain is pretty thick. Mm. Feels very thick. Yeah. <laughs> between Dense. Very, very dense. Very dense. And uh, it's so crazy how much we're like Israel in the wilderness because there are so many Christians that I've talked to, and I'm talking about not just other people, myself included, where along the way, our discipleship, we've been rescued from Egypt. We are freed. And we're in the wilderness awaiting the promised land. We haven't crossed the Jordan yet. Like Jesus hasn't returned and we haven't died yet. And there are times where we long for Egypt. Mm. And we may not say Mm -hmm. it. Oh, I wish I could be unsaved. But we act like it. (laughs) You know, dude, we did not. We No, we didn't plan this. We did not plan this at all, of course. For those that are listening, you may have picked that up now by now. But um Man, I, I had this thought today, this morning. I was reflecting on a couple of things, and one of them was a conversation I had about, I, I am, you know, we were talking about identity, and the guy said, I get it. I get what he's talking about. But he said, Our, my rooted identity, when I asked him, where, where, do, you, where do you find your source? Where, where do you find your identity lie? And he said, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Mm. And... There's a lot of truth to that. There's truth to that, right? So I'm not dismissing that. You know, hear me out, guys. Um, But that's not my, that's not your primary identity. That's not, it's not. You're not a sinner. No. You you are. Jesus is your primary identity. And I don't think we would say, Jesus, you're a sinner, but you are loved. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, and I thought about, um, you know, one of the things that just, that God's just been stirring up my heart a lot lately. And, and I, we just have a lot of people around like that are close to my family that are adopting. Yeah. I think it's the most beautiful picture it is. of the gospel. Yeah. This, you are grat like almost using that same language. You are grafted in to a family. It's to a family. You're not secondary. You are not other than mm-hmm. you are our family. This is who you are. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking about my friends that are that have adopted kids, and I was thinking about them. One of my one of my good friends, Will. You know, I was thinking about him having his cup of coffee in the morning, and his little girl coming in and crawling up on his lap, and saying, "Daddy, thank you for adopting me." Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was lost, and now I'm found. I was um, discarded, and now I'm. I'm brought in. I'm owned. Beautiful. You know, I'm I'm with you. I was, you know, broken and now mm. mended. All those things, right? Yeah. And that might be a, a a beautiful thing, right? That first time that that Will's here hears this and, and he sa- and she says thank you and she's remorseful almost even like mm-hmm. I don't deserve this. Yeah. You know, repentant of sorts, right? This 
changing of the mindset and this belief and trust and will now because he's he's brought her in if that happened once he would probably say man you don't have to say thank you like this is who you are like you are us yeah if she came to him every single day over and over and over again what would be the posture of him like yeah hey no like wake up Mm. like this is not who you are anymore like at the first part of recognizing it that's 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 all christians right repent and believe Mm -hmm. change your mind put your trust in jesus Mm -hmm. and after that there is a there is a repentance that's happening a constant and consistent changing of mind but we're living into the changing of mind to our new identity we're not going back yeah it would be very frustrating for a dad of an adopted kid that just it was just always having to remind and remind and remind, hey, this is not your identity anymore. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, if yeah, if somebody was a part of your family now, and they continually brought it up that they, um, or they didn't, maybe they didn't feel like they were a part of their family, so they were just uh, they still had an orphan right identity right, um, and that's that. Yes, that's a part of their story. Um, Absolutely. And I, I know, I know plenty of people who want to reappropriate their baptism every day. That's that they, part of their morning devotional time is thinking about their death and resurrection and they're, and they're identifying with that and they, and they're bringing nourishment into their life based on the grace of God. But our core identity is a beloved daughter and Mm. son. That is who we are. And we are a part now of and what, how we've defined the church over the last year, how we've shifted even talking about it, is an extended spiritual family. Yeah. An extended spiritual family that's carrying out the Great Commandment and the Great Commission together, you know, becoming more obedient as we get to participate in the love of God. Um, yeah, bro. I, I think that's beautiful. I mean, you're bringing me to tears thinking about a girl going up to her dad. That's so good. Yeah, Love man. That. It... it um... You know, being being at, that it's family, and and that's what's so difficult in our culture is that we, um, a lot of broken families. Yeah, dude, it's a lot of brokenness. I, yeah, too. yeah. There's a lot of there's that. a lot of words that come to my mind with that, but yeah. um, we we nearly outsource our family on on some level, or we divo- You know, obviously we divorce rate, we discard. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, um, you know, it's something that we just, it's a commodity, right? It's something that we, we use for a while. And then when it's not fulfilling our needs, we, we let go of it. Mm. And we've treated family like that, like a usable commodity. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just not, that's just not what it is. It's not it's what not, it's meant to be. It's not what it's meant to be. Absolutely. So no. it's, it is hard for us to wrap our minds around. Cause if I don't like you, I just do what I've done. Yeah. I mean, I married somebody and took a vow, you know, which evidently didn't mean anything to me because yeah. I just discarded them, Yeah. you know, and moved on to the next. Mm. And I know that sounds harsh, but the reality is it's not changing within our Christian culture. Um, and so there's gotta be a little bit of a gut check there with how we approach family. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that to myself. Yeah. I think, yeah, my, my primary desire for 2022, 
like is to see the church become more one as a family mm-hmm. unified i was reading this book um called global church planting by craig ott gene wilson and it's like all about biblical principles practices for multiplication around the world what the american church can learn from the world and uh, in the introduction they just said first and foremost the church is a spiritual identity conceived by the father built by christ and dwelt by the holy spirit the church is god's primary vehicle for manifesting the nature of the kingdom of god in this age and among all people and my question is how can we manifest the kingdom if we're disunified and I long to see apostles and prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers come into their purpose and role within the body of Christ. We have to have all of those elements activated within the body of Christ. But that passage in Ephesians 4 that talks about that spends pretty good chunk of like text before leading into that talking about live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. You want to know what worthy of the calling looks like? And then he just talks about unity. He talks about you are one body. You have one father. You're one baptism. You didn't receive a different baptism just because so-and-so baptized you or somebody else baptized. It doesn't matter. You're all baptized into Christ Jesus. You have one identity now collectively as the family of God. And I think that if we don't live into that unity, it doesn't matter how good of an apostle we are. It doesn't matter how good of a shepherd we are, teacher, evangelist. And you and I both know, Adam, like... So many people have had to go outside of the family of God to exercise their gifts. And I want to see them come home. Dude, that's great word. That's a great word. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, um, Rick Warren, I listened to Rick Warren and, you know, he's finding a successor at Saddleback and he's committing the rest of his life to, his organization called uh, Finish the Task, FTT. Yeah. And he, uh, dude, it's such a compelling uh, Church Pulse Weekly, I think is the podcast yeah. name. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, yeah. With Kerry Newhoff and um, and the and the people from Barna. Um, we can put that in the show notes. But it, I was just, I was, I was invigorated and I was inspired by his, his thoughtfulness in, in the fact of one is let's keep it primary mm-hmm. to your point. There's so much division over secondary or tertiary, uh, you know, yeah. theological bents or, or, you know, practices. It's like, is, is Jesus again, being a part of the Trinity? Yeah. God, the father, God, the son, God, the spirit is, is he who he says he is? as savior and Lord of all. Yeah. Did he defeat death and sin and give us life through the power of his resurrection? Yeah. Yes. And yes, man, Yeah, sister, brother, you are a believer, right? Yeah. Like you may practice it a lot of different ways. And I think that's ultimately a discipleship issue, but we want to throw knowledge at it. We want to throw systematic theology at it before we throw ourselves with love at it. And it's just not going to work. No. And we continue to your point, continue to be divided and divided, divided and not unified for the sake and not unified for the sake of, you know, kumbaya, but 
unified for the sake of others. Yeah. Unified bro. for the sake of the lost. Yeah. Unified for the sake of finishing the task. Yeah. Not like, just so that we can hold hands together. Yeah. But so that other people can come in. Absolutely. And yeah. so his whole thing is, and I, I think it's a huge dream, but you know, it's, we're just starting 2022. He's like, I don't think Jesus is coming back because we haven't finished the task. We haven't done it. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't shared the good news with every tribe, tongue and nation. And so his whole point is how about 2000 years later since, since the res, since the resurrection mm-hmm. that gives us about 11 years, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got 11 years. Yeah. I think we can do it. Yeah. There's still thousands of unreached people groups, thousands. And with technology today, it's like a modern day Roman road. Mm-hmm. It is, it is possible. Like even Bible translators, what used to take, you know, so many years, decades, takes a fraction of the time now based on technology. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a ridiculous goal. And I also think that when I listened to that Rick Warren podcast, I was reminded that the diverse expressions of the church, all of them are valid. So whether you meet in a home and that like those six people in your home are now making disciples who can make disciples and you are rooted in the gospel and y'all are repenting and believing and seeing signs and wonders. That is just as valid as a, as a Rick Warren's church saddleback tens of thousands of people, a legacy type church who are, whose emphasis is on like, we're going to spend all of our time and resources finishing the task because mm-hmm. who can, who can develop millions of dollars worth of resources like he has for finishing the task. It's not mm-hmm. just a pipe dream. So anyways, I, I'm excited. The rest of this season, we're actually going to interview local global leaders from different expressions of the church, asking them, what do you, what do you see as the essence of the church? What, what are we called to be? And what are we called to do our identity and our purpose? Can we talk about that? And then hopefully anybody who's listening to this, you gain clarity, clarity, not just on a collective communal identity, but on your own personal purpose that you're called into this Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. And if you don't activate what you're doing, it's like we're, it's like we're fighting with an arm behind our back. We need, or or it's like we're standing in quicksand because some of you are evangelists and you're not using that gift Mm -hmm. to further the kingdom. You're using it to build your own empire Mm -hmm. and it's time for repentance, time to come back into the family. Some of you, you're using your apostolic gift to pioneer awesome expressions of business. Great. Use that now. Don't, don't stop doing that, but, but stop the curvature in on yourself and let it be bent back to where it was meant to be because it is more blessed to give than receive. And so, dude, I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for this season with podcasts, and I'm excited for this season with Rhythm Community. You know, to be a local expression to a global connection with Go Ministries, and exactly how you put it, to see the church birth and emerge in a local way here yeah. in the valley, to be for one another, to be unified with the hundreds, if not thousands, of churches that are all around the yeah. valley. Um, it's going to take all of us. Yeah, you know, six, over six million people here with over you know hundreds of languages and cultures um but also to be able to recognize that it's not the as we've been saying the west to the rest there's a lot that we need to learn yes from our sisters and brothers um overseas and so i'm grateful for go me too and be a part of that and be partnered with them and so i'm, I'm excited for what god has in store for us brother here we go man thank you all right peace peace
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.